This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen here with you. About 180,000 new cases of prostate cancer and more than 26,000 deaths from the disease are anticipated in the United States in 2016, making it the most frequent cancer among United States males, second only to skin cancer. And the second leading cause of cancer death in men exceeded only by lung cancer. But some new research findings are hoping to identify who is most at risk for the aggressive and lethal forms of this disease, which could aid in early and definitive treatment. Here to tell us more about this is Dr. Srinivas Vorganti, an assistant professor of urology at Upstate Medical University and the co-author on a recent study shedding light on this topic. Welcome, Dr. Vorganti. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you very much for the opportunity to speak today. So you just published a study that links one's genes to the risk of developing aggressive and lethal prostate cancer. Tell us about it. Absolutely. So uh, what we did is we put together uh, the world literature uh, of men who harbored the breast cancer gene uh, known as BRCA2. I believe that many people will be more familiar with this gene uh, as it relates to to women's health, uh, as it's been associated with breast and ovarian cancer uh, that runs in families. And there are many uh, high-profile cases, such as Angelina Jolie, uh, who uh, underwent preventative surgery when she was uh, faced uh, with this mutation. And this has touched many people's families. While it doesn't drive most breast cancer, it is something that is well understood. Do we understand, just to interject here, do we understand the mechanism by which the BRCA gene does affect or does cause or lead to the breast cancer? Absolutely. And in fact, uh, being a a men's health researcher, we get to benefit from cooperation because this gene has been extensively studied uh, uh, in the the breast cancer uh, field. So what BRCA does is it's a gene family, and in fact, uh, in BRCA, we focused on BRCA2 of the family, but there's BRCA1 and BRCA2. What these genes do is they repair uh, damage to DNA. So they're part of uh, housekeeping. As we live and go outside and are in the sun, we uh, are beholden to much damage to our DNA, which the body repairs. And there are whole systems in place. What BRCA does is it it fixes uh, damage to DNA, and when there are mutations which impair uh, the protein gene product from doing its job of fixing the DNA, um, women have been known to uh, develop breast and ovarian cancer and other cancers, but what we've known for a while is that uh, other cancers, including prostate cancer in men, uh, is... uh, uh, is harbored in the males in such families. So the idea here is that th- there is a system within our body, the BRCA genes, govern this system of protecting us by repairing our DNA. And something happens, a mutation within those genes, that prevents them from doing their job, so to speak. And therefore, we're more prone. women are more prone to breast cancer. And now you're suggesting that your studies have, have shown that men who also have these mutations in BRCA may also be more susceptible than to prostate cancer. Absolutely. So tell us about what you did exactly in terms of your study. So the the idea of BRCA being involved in more cancers than just breast cancer has been around for a while. And in fact, there have been several trials internationally uh, that have 
studied this very closely. So what we did is we put together multiple studies. In fact, uh, out of 289 studies, we were we picked very stringent criteria in that we didn't want men just to have been in a family, but rather to have been genetically confirmed to have the mutation. There are multiple mutations, multiple ways that can this can go wrong. And of these 289 studies, we uh, were able to uh, find 12 studies that met our criteria, and we identified 261 men uh, with confirmed BRCA mutations. What we discovered uh, is that these men were much more likely to develop cancer than men without the gene. And in fact, the nature of the cancer with which they presented with was much more aggressive. And most strikingly, nearly 20% of the men uh, presented with cancer that had already spread. So it was more aggressive and more, it had been more metastasized and it was more lethal in that sense? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the most important aspects of cancer is that when found at an earlier state, it is much more curable. And it, essentially, when cancer has already spread with current technology, it is essentially uncurable. We can control it. We can slow it down uh, in many different ways. However, it's not curable anymore. One of the mainstays of screening is to find cancers and potentially lethal cancers and uh, nip them in the bud before they cause trouble. And uh, what we've discovered is that men who harbor BRCA mutations, especially the BRCA2 mutation, are much more likely for this to happen quickly at a younger age and essentially uh, underneath the radar show up with it already uncurable. So now that's a profound you know, finding. And, and obviously you spent a lot of time looking at studies that already existed, but by putting them all together and coming to that conclusion, that's a very powerful statement that you're making. Yeah, absolutely. I think that what what we discovered, and this was really actually the seed of this came from a, a medical student at, at Upstate, which, which is always the best way of exploration. Uh, she uh, she approached me while, um, while on the wards, having come off of uh, a women's health focus and said, you know, I'm very interested in prostate cancer, but I just studied uh, breast and ovarian cancer and I see that there's a link. And I said, well, I'm aware of this link. She mentioned to me that there's not much out there about it. And I said, wow, it, it, sometimes when you're an, when you have expertise in something, you don't know what people don't know. And what, by putting this together, essentially what we did is we we're able to capture how the men presented uh, clinically. And we're able to uh, talk, uh, uh, aid in uh, conversing with families that face this. And even in my own clinic, uh, I've had family uh, men with cancer in the family. And this is a routine question you're asked. Do you have any cancer running in the family? If you were to ask, in general, uh, there are many uh, physicians that wouldn't be able to speak to this because much is being discovered. And so dragging this out of uh, research studies and clinical trials and whatnot and bringing it to the forefront of clinical medicine is, is a mission of, of, uh, that, we, that we all share. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm Linda Cohen along with urologist Dr. Srinivas Varganti. We're talking about the relationship of the BRCA gene 
or mutations in the BRCA gene to prostate cancer. So there were some other studies that actually have recently um, been quoted or been looked at that have also supported this na this notion of the BRCA relationship. They're a little different, though. They have found some other things. I thought we'd just very briefly review those or oh, go over them. So there was a second study or another study that reviewed the DNA samples of a certain number of prostate cancer patients from the Walter Reed um, Medical Center in Bethesda, and they found an interesting fact about black prostate cancer patients that they were three times as likely to have the BRCA gene mutation as white patients, so that seemed to exist more in the black population, and that they were, and the cancers that they shown were more aggressive, and they spread, they were more aggressive, and they were more lethal. So it's been long known that African Americans uh, harbor more aggressive prostate cancers that happen at a young age, but a real meaningful biologic understanding has uh, yet to be grasped. And so this is uh, pro most likely not the whole story, but it's very interesting and gives us a starting point to start to personalize medicine because what we do know is uh, an individual is not described solely by their race, but really more uh, more the more we study it is we're, we're defined by our genes and how our genes behave and the proteins they make. These are connected to the families that they're, we're in and where we're from and the color of our skin, but th there's more to it than that. And so uh, what we don't want to do is we don't, we want to use this to arm us in the future to help us. So uh, in the same way, uh, we don't, I think ultimately we want to be able to treat people in a personalized fashion. So when someone comes in and says, well, you know, uh, I'm an African-American, well, should I should I screen for prostate cancer the same as a Caucasian? What should I do if there's lots of prostate cancer in my family? What if my sister has breast cancer? These are all things that as time goes on, we aren't going to look at you with, a, well, we don't know anything about that, but we should uh, continue to push forward and, and start to... Uh, study this carefully. So here's where personalized cancer treatment or personalized targeted therapies are so important and knowing some of these issues around genetics and also the racial differences. I mean we often say who is more at risk for certain diseases. That's not racial profiling. That's in, in a good sense, that's racial profiling. Absolutely. If it can lead to, you know, being more aggressive in terms of treatment and identification. So there was a third study that was very interesting that I came upon, or another study that that was reported in this same um, series of articles, that talked about the fact that certain number of men who had been treated for breast cancer, and we know that it's a rare thing for men to have breast cancer when compared to women, for example, or even compared to have them having prostate cancer. But a certain number of men who had been treated for breast cancer, um, that 30% uh, had an increased risk of developing prostate cancer later on. So again, the link between breast cancer and prostate cancer was made, was underscored. Absolutely, and really what we have discovered is that once you have cancer in your family and a personal history of cancer, certainly you are more at risk for developing other cancers. And that is, uh, that's true across many spectrum of cancer, but, uh, the mechanisms of male breast cancer are very, very poorly understood. Um, but certainly, uh, it, as a, as a, um, as a provider that provides care for, uh, prostate cancer, we, what we need to do 
is we need to start to understand who is more at risk or less at risk. And there's no one right answer, but what most people want to do is come up with a, uh, a, a rational plan for keeping an eye on, uh, on their overall general health. So the BRCA, the whole notion of the BRCA mutations could be a, one of those tools then, based on all these, your, your evaluations and these other studies suggest that there, we really should be looking at the BRCA mutations within certain populations. Yeah, so the most exciting part of the BRCA story is that this is a relevant thing that comes to the clinic. Mostly because people start to become aware of their BRCA status through their wives and their sisters and their mothers, and they're beholden to this information. As time goes on, our genetic status is going to become uh, closer to our blood type. Uh, there are commercially uh, there are commercial entities. Twenty three and Me. Twenty three and Me exactly, and uh, more and more the gene profile of your tumor is being sent out in commercialized tests. So this is leaving sort of an experimental clinical trial setting and patients are going to have to sit on it. And so it's not uncommon for a family member to approach me and say, my wife had BRCA-related breast cancer, what should I do? Well, how does that impact treatment choices then? In other words, would a prostate cancer patient who tested positive for BRCA respond differently or better to cancer treatments that are more effective in treating BRCA-positive BRCA breast cancer patients, that kind of thing? So um, as it relates to the clinic, the most actionable thing from this information is decisions with screening. And that is there's been a, a huge retreat from screening because when applied to the general population, PSA-based screening has resulted in overdiagnosis and overtreatment. And many have advocated a, a scaling back, and there, this is already being seen in our community. However, what we, what we are already seeing and what we fear is that men who are at high risk of disease will be left behind. And high the, risk for lethality. Lethality of disease. And in the era before PSA, uh, men presented with prostate cancer at a very late state, at about 25% of them were metastatic on presentation, and many of them went on to die. Nowadays, it's much less. However, mixed into this are many men who are being treated who would otherwise not have died or have been impacted by their disease. So what we want to do is if you are in such a family uh, or if you are at such risk, and whether it be BRCA or other family history, you probably need to discuss with your doctor a more uh, diligent screening strategy. What our study showed is those men who were in formal screening actually had no presentation of metastatic disease versus nearly 30% of those men that were that were caught without a formal screening process. So when you are in an, in an at-risk population, there is a great benefit uh, to, to being more screening. As far as treatment, uh, there, there. Um, this is all very new, and there are some experimental agents that have shown great promise in BRCA. Uh, there are agents called the PARP inhibitors that are undergoing clinical trials right now. And so, what we'll discover is, as time goes on, we will not only know that you have prostate cancer, but what kind of prostate cancer, and then we'll have an agent to aim at it. Tremendous. Thank you so much. That's very. That's again personalized targeted therapies. Thanks again. My guest has been Dr. Srinivas Borganti, Assistant Professor of Urology at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.